All right, let's get on up in this word, Matthew's gospel. We're up to chapter 16, and boy, it's good. Amen. Rich. All of it. <coughs> One thing after the other. Blind leading the blind. The blind leading the blind. That's in Matthew 15. 15, 15. Yeah. The disciples recognized that Jesus had offended these leaders. And they come to him in verse number 10. And when he called them to himself, this is 15.10, when he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This is what defiles the man, because what comes out of the mouth came out of the heart. It's in the heart where a man is defiled, not with food, not with dirty hands, not with drink, anything like that. That has nothing to do. That cannot corrupt you nor defile you in any kind of way. It's an issue of the heart. What comes out of the heart, how we perceive a thing, how we think about a thing, how we use a thing from the perspective of our, our heart. And he goes on to say, then his disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And Jesus answered, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. That's not saying that you're not, you're not concerned about them, but they're not going to take your focus. They're not going to get your agenda. They're, they're meaning that you're not going to uh, let them become your thrust of your message. That you have a purpose to go. And when you go, because you're going to go in everyday life as you go, you go, you go preach the kingdom. And if, if you focus on the group, you're going to miss the groupies. You're going to miss the individuals. If you focus on the group that's doing what they're doing, and that's important for all of us today, it's important for us as dads to teach our, our children and, and grandchildren. If you focus on uh, the, the group, the party, the, their agenda, and you put all your attention on them, you're not bringing them any light. And you're going to miss the individuals that's part of the group or those that are following the group. The groupies following them. Yeah. But if you do what I've set you apart to do, you'll start winning those individual groupies one by one because your attention ain't on their group. Your attention's on doing what I sent you to do. You leave them alone. You let them go. If they're going to lead the blind, the blind both are going to fall in the ditch. Whatever the father hadn't planted is going to be uprooted. And what you want to be is a tool that God uses to take and transform old dead rotten tree into a tree of righteousness and let him plant them. You know, that, that's our objective yeah. as the saints of God because it's easy. See, they, 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 they would have easily stolen that attention of these disciples. And Jesus said, don't let them steal your attention. That's not what I sent you out to do. You're not out to fix the group. You, you're out to... That's what's, that's what's wrong with this whole country. Now. I mean, yeah. this offensive thing. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's worried about them just like yeah. the disciples. Hey, you just defend it. Yeah. So, 
as if he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what he said. What he said was intentional. It, it had intent to cut. Where he goes back to, so the whole thing was is that he said, wait a minute, your disciples are not cleaning their hands. And Jesus went back to the fact that these people had put traditions of, of men before the truth of God. And he's saying, wait a minute, there, there's nothing wrong with a tradition if that tradition is rooted in truth and the result of truth. But what it has no root in the truth and it's not the result of the kingdom of God at work in us, that tradition needs to be traded in for truth. And that's what he was doing, teaching them how to trade tradition for truth. And these Pharisees didn't like that. They, they ragged him on the fact that, hey, yeah, y'all, your disciples are going against the traditions of the fathers. The father said that when you eat anything, you got to make sure you wash your hands first because if you don't wash your hands, you corrupted yourself. He said, wait a minute. Y'all want to talk about the difference between honoring the truth and honoring your tradition? You've created a tradition to say that you tell your parents, for an example, that if there's anything in the world you can gain off of me or be honored by me to help you in these later days of your life, disattribute that as a gift of God and that frees you up from having to do anything for them as if you're super spiritual here. And Jesus said, wait a minute. You got it all wrong. God said, honor your mama and your dad. Honor your mother and your father. Bless them. Be part of, do, do, meet that need. Don't just tell them that if they could have got a gift off of you, that was a gift given to God, so that kept you from having to do something as if you created something new here in a tradition and everybody in that circle was running with that. And, and that's where he said, these people draw near to me with their mouths. They confess and say good things about God, but their hearts are far from me. They, have, they, don't, want to walk, they don't want to walk with God. They, don't have, they want to do it their way. They, they restructured his way to fit their way. And that's that idea of drawing near with our mouths, but our hearts are far from. And they teach the, the teachings of men as if they were the teachings of God. And Jesus said, that's a problem. That's when the disciples said, wait a minute, you just defend them. Jesus said, I intended to defend them. I wanted them to know what they were doing and that it's not approved of. I think a little more of that needs to be done today. I ain't, I ain't out there with a stick beating people, but I think we still need to go back to call them sin, sin. Yes, and... Yeah. Yes, yes, and, and that's what he was teaching them from the perspective of, look, whatever the Father doesn't plant, these are their teachings and them themselves are not, have not been planted by God. So don't let them manipulate you because they're temporary. Their teachings are temporary. Their ways are temporary. And every one of them are going to be plucked up and uprooted. You focus in on that which the Father's planting and what's going to be permanent, what's going to be everlasting, and you will make a difference in those who are following that way of thinking instead of, for an example, these ideas of boycotting everything, these ideas of putting all your guns and smoke and bombs and everything else to throw at these groups who are anti-Jesus has no value whatsoever in the kingdom of God of reaching those that follow that way right. because you put more emphasis on the enemy's work 
and not on the king's work. And when you put more emphasis on the enemy's work, not the king's work, you're not going to reach any of the enemies for the king. So that's what he was saying. Hey, the blind are going to follow them. You go out and shed the light and let God shed light on the blindness, and that'll make a difference. But, but overemphasizing them ain't going to make a difference in their life. No. You got to go give them the truth. And you give them the truth in a way that you understand who's, who's planting stuff and whose stuff's going to last in, and who's not. In a merciful, benevolent way. Oh, yeah, yes. I mean, you, you, you know. Because that's what he like teaches. That, We're difference you, you makers. You can't take a stick and beat them and, and tell them, Mm-mm. you're a sinner. Let me beat you a while. Yeah. You, you might not feel like it, but hey, we can't do that. Yeah, it's not going to have any long-term effect on... We've got to keep in mind that Jesus was a good sower yes. who sowed good seed yes. and he sowed good seed on good soil. Now, when you broadcast seed, even as a good soldier, a sower, you know that some of that seed is going to fall on the surrounding good ground yes. that you intended to plant it in. It's just by the nature of sowing the seed, broadcasting the seed, your intent has always been on the good ground. Other seeds going to fall on that ground surrounding it, but your intent as a good sower to put good seed is in good soil. And that good seed and that good soil is going to give a good harvest. It's going to return a harvest. All this other stuff is just, just happens. And that's what he was teaching in Matthew 13 about that parable of the sower yeah. and the seed and the salt. Luke tells us that Saul was a good and noble heart. And there are no good and noble hearts without something happening to that heart to prepare it and get it ready for the good seed. We left to ourselves, or we're on the we are the shallow ground. We're on the thorny ground. That's that seed that had that's ground that hadn't been touched. You know, you think about it. All that ground out there among the thorns, on the hard soil, and on the rocks. The, the good sower didn't touch any of that. He only touched the good ground. And that's where he planted his seed at. Just like the seed you put in that cup. That was intentional that you done. You got good soil. You put good seed in it. Expecting a good return. You just hope that return comes quick enough for this week. Not, not, in, not, not in fruit, but in a sprout. To get the idea something is growing. But... There's a possibility when you was putting all that together, did you drop any seed that you, that you pulled out? You could. If you're grabbing a handful, see, you selected just a few because you was putting in a cup. But if you was grabbing a handful to put in a spreader or just to broadcast with your hand, some of that seed is going to fall on ground you never mm-hmm. intended it to fall on, never never touched to do anything with. And that's... Just like the other week, I planted about 10 acres over the sunflower. Come on. And he had to walk out there and look and see something over here and there and there. So I'm saying is making a point that even though I prepared, you know, the, then it came up. I had a bunch of junk come you up. You had some weeds come up. Yeah. I yeah. Had a bunch of them. Yeah. But in life, you know, 
Yes, yes. You don't have to do anything to get weeds to grow. No. I was cutting grass out there. No yeah, no, no nothing. No, no bugs yeah. spray. I was cutting grass at the campus out there and I looked down in the rock. There was some watermelons sprouted up about that. There was a couple of them. Isn't that something? There was some seed that was dropped there. I don't know. But then more than likely, those little sprouts probably would never accumulate anything. They sprouted and came up yeah. a little bit. But there's nothing there to fertilize them and make them grow. But no good soil underneath. Yeah, it it is pop up. Rock. Yeah, right along the interstate. Look at them weeds growing along the interstate, just the cracks in the road. Yeah, yeah I mean a, a seed's gonna find a place, and you don't have to do anything for for weeds. Exactly. Nothing at all. They gonna grow. But to plant good seed in good soil, you got to prepare that soil for it. That's part of the curse, part of the fall. That's why he says through the sweat. And labor, that sweat of your brow, you, you will reap a harvest. But the ground is going to automatically pr produce what? Thorns and thistles and those types of things. You don't have to do anything for that. Yeah. But you're going to have to uh, put some labor into it to get a good harvest out of it. Yeah, that's right. The Word of God helps. It does that. It, it, it helps us. That's how we... Through the knowledge of the precious promises of God, Second Peter tells us that we overcome the corruption of the flesh through the, through the precious promises of, of God himself and through a knowledge of him which comes through the word of God. And so we see that. that that's in Matthew chapter 13. But also in 13 he said this. He says, for an example, the parable of the wheat and the tares. The farmer planted his wheat, but while they slept, an enemy came in and planted the tares. Now, as they started growing, everything kind of looked the same. Yeah. But only a trained eye would recognize we got both wheat and tare growing here. And he said, what do you want to do with it? He said, just let them both grow up together. And in the harvest, we'll separate the wheat from the tares in the harvest. And he said, what are the wheat? The wheat are those that my father has planted in this world. That's the disciples. That's what we're talking about here. What the father plants will endure. But what the enemy plants, that'll be separated and angels will collect them and throw them into the fire in, in the end of the harvest. That, that's going to come. So we see this here. That's what he said. Don't, don't lead the blind. The blind are going to lead the blind. You don't focus on the group and, and their the attention they given to these things, you go proclaim the kingdom of God. What I tell you in secret, you go publish it in public. Amen. What I tell you in secret, in a, in a quiet place, what I whisper in your ear, you go proclaim it on the housetops. But don't go proclaim their message and telling them what they think and what they believe and how they live. And, uh, th that ain't going to affect them. That ain't going to transform them. You want to be a difference maker, you got to go tell them what I tell you in the secret and that's going to make a difference and I think we can get so caught up it's just natural disciples easily got caught up in what was going on our society gets caught up in these agendas what happens when you get caught up in that is no different than he's saying here beware of the leaven of the Pharisees yeah. the Sadducees of Herod beware of their leaven because what is, what is leaven leaven's going to influence you 
Anything that'll absorb that leaven, it's going to take over the whole thing. So if you start letting that leaven of the teachings of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Herod, the Gentiles, because Herod was a Gentile, he was an Edomite, and his political power that he had, if you start letting that influence you, it's, you're going to absorb it, and it's going to start manipulate influence in your life. And when that happens, you, you won't have any effect as, as light in this world. So let the blind lead the blind and you go, you go win individuals one by one. That's the thing. Little by little, right? That's right? One by one. You go do the work that I don't, don't worry about them. Don't let them, don't fret about them. Don't let them, don't let them steal your, your joy. They can't necessarily steal it, but you can yield it over to them. Don't let them, don't yield it over to them because you know they're in. You know they're in. They're going to be uprooted. So don't let that affect you. Hey, you got something that can make a difference in their life. Yeah. And go give that away. Amen? I, I try not to let that bother me. But yet on the other hand, I, I look at them and I go, you know, if y'all would just stop long enough and listen long enough, some of y'all might be converted. Well, you know, the, the Lord, just like he did with us, he, he speaks light. That's what the scripture says. The enemy keeps them in darkness, blinded, that yeah. they won't come to salvation. Right. But God speaks light into them. But yeah. you, can't, you can't speak darkness and it turn into light. Right. You got to speak light for it to have an effect on the darkness. Amen? Amen. And if you're speaking the darkness, which is their lingo, their ways, their teaching, what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, you're not speaking light. You've got to speak truth. You've got to speak the light. Look over in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are the instruments that he uses today. That's right. We are. We are his mouthpiece. We are the ones who communicate the light, the truth. 2 Corinthians 4. Last time Brother Shannon shared with everyone, he, he used these passages about the veil and about being earthen vessels, clay pots. He says, um, verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 4, but even if, or seeing, that's the idea, even if, because it is. Mm -hmm. It ain't a it ain't a if that if it's an if, it's only in those that don't have the light yet, but those that don't have the light, it's seeing that our gospel is veiled. Because it is. It is veiled to those who are what? Lost. Lost. Who are perishing, who are in the darkness. Who are blind. Blind leaders of the blind. Amen. Verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Yes. How? With deception. Darkness is deception. Light, light is the truth. Who do not believe. Least or for fear the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach, notice who, we do not preach ourselves. 
nor do we preach them. But we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It is God who said, let there be light, is the one who gives light. Amen. But he doesn't use darkness to create that light. He uses his light, his truth that we preach, which is Jesus, that creates light in those that are blind that no longer the darkness can can handle it. It can't do anything with it. It just gets filled up with light. And the people that we're proclaiming who once were blind now sees God in the face of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, they can't help but trust him. They trust him with their life. They give their life to him, just like he did with us. That's what he's going to do with them. And that picture of creation, that's exactly what he did in the beginning when it says darkness covered the deep. But God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when he says, let there be light, using us to proclaim Jesus, they see God as creator, but they see the compassion of God in his creation through Jesus and his love and his tender kindness toward us and our sin, and they can't help but give that sin over to him and trust Jesus with their life. That takes a supernatural work of God, just like it did in the very beginning. So the blind are going to lead the blind until God awakens the, the, the dead in their blindness and they see the light of Jesus. Right. Only God can do that. But he's not going to use their darkness to do it. He's right. going to use light to do it. So if we overemphasize like it was prone for these disciples to overemphasize these Pharisees, that's why Jesus said, hey, they, they're, the, they're, they're not the planting of God. They're not trees of righteousness. Don't worry about them. Don't give them that attention and that focus because they're going to be uprooted if they remain in that condition. You have light that can transform them. But if you put the emphasis on them, you're using darkness to try to do something that only light can do. You got you to proclaim the truth. Amen? Amen. And that, that's what he was... Paul was saying, this is what happened to us. This is what we proclaim. We are preachers of this light. And that light's found in Jesus. For the Gentiles have seen a great light. Those who were in the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death is this world we live in. We live in the shadow of the death of Adam. Yeah. And even the garden. And that shadow has fallen upon everybody. And now we come in the midst of that shadow and shed the light of the Lamb. And when we do, it has a way of illuminating that darkness and setting people free. Amen. To him be the glory. Amen. Amen. Uh, I ask all kinds of people all the time, can, do, do they have a prayer request? Mm -hmm. And most of the people say, yeah, I've got an uncle or somebody that they know, maybe even a church member. And I said, well, write that name down so I can put it on a sticky note so yeah. I keep it. Yeah. Because if you don't, I'm going to walk out and get in the car, it's going to be gone. Uh -huh. But if you, if you write it down, I'll, I will pray for them. Ask her, does anybody I need to pray for? Every time she says, pray for the bereaved, 
pray for those that have lost loved ones. Mm -hmm. And particularly this last time, the eight that got killed in the car wreck. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people ask all, you know, all kinds of prayer requests, so I didn't think too much about it. But now, I've, that is on her mind all the time. And I wondered if you had any kind of insight that I could tell her. But it's, it's something that's praying for those that have lost loved ones that are, that are suffering from a death somewhere. Mm -hmm. She might have had a death. More than likely, yeah. yeah. And well, therefore well, she I, connects I, and I, relates I, to that, uh, the position that they're in. Yeah. So she, she is showing empathy. Yeah. You know, toward them. I, I think it's it, but I just, I just wondered. I mean, it just well, struck me funny this last yeah. time. I, it finally, I went. You know, that's the third time you mm -hmm. asked me this, and uh, I pray for it. Yeah. But like I said, it was. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know. You know, you hear about them people getting killed like that, and you know, we don't know them <coughs> personally, no. but. You know, they got wives and brothers and sisters yeah. and yeah. family. Yeah. I mean, it's real, you know. Oh, yeah. We yeah. just kind of brush it off. Right. You know, you it's it happened in our county, though. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. I told her that I'd be praying for it. Yeah. And, uh, but that's probably what it is. And uh, you just... Uh, you know, where the woman's at, whether she's a genuine, authentic believer or not. You know, people have sympathy toward certain things that they sure. have, they can relate to, and that's more than likely something that she relates deeply to. And some people, you know, with the gift of intercession, uh, when people intercede for things, some people um, are, are more, show more sympathy and empathy toward certain elements within people's lives yeah. and uh and I, and sometimes that's what god puts on their heart to pray for yeah. that may not be the same burden you and i would have yeah. at a particular time but god burdens somebody to be praying and, and toward that that others wouldn't be so because of that i continue to pray for that yeah it, it's just not a burden emotional, yeah it's not an emotional burden for me yeah but it is for her yeah and so because it is for her that's what I pray for. Some, some people are, have a, a fond um, affection and, and sympathetic and empathy toward the drug, the drug um, abuser, yeah. where other people are not as empathetic. They, they kind of uh, want to get a hold of them more, where, you know, get them around the neck and knock some sense in them, where somebody else feels and relates and shows compassion and shows mercy toward because they may have had a child going through it yeah. and the pain that it caused them or they may have went through it and God delivered them out of it. So he does that. There, there, there's things that just really stir the hearts um, of people to do certain things that would not. No different than when the hearts of God's people were burdened to rebuild the temple or rebuild the wall but those around them mocked them and laughed at them thinking, what's, what's the big deal about a wall? What's the big deal about a temple? They couldn't, they couldn't connect with it or relate to it. Right. And the same thing um, with us. We, we want God to be burdenous for things, and he usually does. When we're walking with him, he'll give us a burden for this or that. Some people are more burdened for winning people to Jesus than other people are. 
And it's just God burdens us all for a particular purpose and cause within that, that dynamic that he's given us to do. And that's what we want to see, Lord. Put that, put that burden in my heart to do what you've set me apart to do. Amen. And prayer life and just practical living and reaching people. And we can connect with people in certain things that other people just can't connect with them on. Not that you have to connect to be a blessing to them, but we do are able to connect with people that we kind of relate to more. Amen? Amen. Amen. Keep on to pray for us, brother. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this new blessing, Lord. Mm-hmm. Coming here and studying your word, Lord. Just let our light shine, Lord. Yes. We go, Lord. Just um, open our hearts and put us in contact with people. Mm-hmm. All these people on our, con- on our prayer list, Lord. Yes. Just we pray for each one of them. That's and right. Needs and Father, we love you so much. Thank you for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And forgive us for we pray. Christ, it's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen, bros. Y'all have a good time with your family today. We won't have any evening services, and uh, would it be in Father's Day? But we'll kick off tomorrow. I think it starts at one o'clock, one to four, and then one to four, and then six o'clock on Wednesday. Wow,